Hey guys and gals and all my best pals, you're listening to the Back When Podcast, a show that explores the pop culture of the 1980s and 1990s. Why? Because those are the years I grew up in. I'm your host, the one and only Big Ed. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and join in on the discussion on today's episode. And now, on with the show. All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of the Backwind Podcast. Uh, I, of course, am your host as always, Big Ed. Today we are doing episode number five. The first four episodes we did were about toys, you know, G.I. Joe, Transformers, GoBots, all that fun stuff, Thundercats, everything else. Well, today we're going to change it up a little bit and we're going to discuss movies. One movie in particular that we are going to discuss is uh, one that has bothered me my entire life. Uh, the original Poltergeist. Yes, yes, you know the one, the amazing Poltergeist where the house is basically possessed. And they go after that little girl, Carol Ann. So, without further ado, let's get on with the discussion about this fantastic, scary, terrifying movie. Poltergeist are usually associated with an individual. Hauntings seem to be connected with an area. A house, usually. Poltergeist disturbances over a fairly short duration, perhaps a couple of months. Hauntings can go on for years. Yeah, that's always great news to get from somebody, right? Um, that was a little part that happened a little bit later on in the movie when they did finally figure out, okay, something's right, something's not right. Something's going on here a little crazy. So a little bit about that uh, movie. It was made in 1982. Um, it is a horror movie, obviously, and it ranks among the top 100 films for the American Film Institute of all time. It was nominated for three Academy Awards, if you can believe that. Not very often a horror movie gets nominated for an Oscar. So that was pretty cool. Um, throughout my life, uh, growing up, my siblings would constantly torment me about this movie because they knew how much it bothered me. But I don't hold that against them. I mean, that's what your older siblings are supposed to do, right? They're supposed to torment you. That's the fun of being a big brother, big sister, all of that. So anyways, the movie had uh, an amazing cast and crew. The story was by Steven Spielberg. So you know right off the bat it's going to be a great story because I don't think the guy made too many stinkers at all, really. And uh, the cast for the uh, family of the Freelings was played by Steve, the dad, is Craig T. Nelson. Uh, Diane, the mother, was Jo Beth Williams. Uh, the older sister named Dana uh, was played by Dominique Dunn, rest in peace. The middle child, Robbie, the brother, played by Oliver Robbins. And, of course, that wonderful blonde-haired little girl, Carol Ann, played by the late Heather O'Rourke. So... To start off with the movie, the way things were going on is they're just an average California family got transferred to this town for Steve's work, right? Gets set up in this great house and this great little housing development, you know, great little perfect life according to Hollywood, right? Hollywood standards. Ghosts start to communicate, I guess you could say, uh, with the family, but mainly with uh, Carol Ann. She's the one that starts to pick up on everything. And there'd be nights where she's awakened by the TV 
having that static picture, you know, just the snowy picture that TVs used to have. You really don't see that nowadays anymore, what with digital and everything. But there was a time when the TV shows were done, it would just go to static. You'd have nothing until the next day when the network turned back on, basically, when they had their programming going. So at first, the ghosts were playful. And all you would see is Carol Ann talking to this TV. You would never hear anything that was being said to her. You would only hear her questions or her responses to the spirits that were communicating. So that's enough right there to make you feel a little creeped out anyway. I mean, little kids seeing things that you don't see or hearing things that you don't see is enough to kind of creep you out anyway, especially for those of you out there that are parents. You know what I'm talking about. So after a while, they were no longer being too friendly. They started turning very menacing, very dark, right? So Carol Ann wakes up again on one night. She's talking to the TV. And there comes this earthquake that kind of hits the neighborhood or maybe just that house. Kind of hard to understand exactly what happens. So as that's going on, this white hand, this really spooky looking claw hand, reaches out of the TV real quick. And you get that most amazing quote from the movie. Yeah, that sends chills up the old spine anyway. Uh, It's just creepy. The way way that she says that is um, oh so fun. So anyways, uh, so all of that starts happening. Then the next day, downstairs some more stuff happens with the family like say the milk glass just shatters for no apparent reason sitting there on the counter um furniture starts to just slide across the kitchen floor all by itself silverware starts to bend you know most of that seems pretty harmless you know okay fine nobody's getting hurt right no harm no foul that's what you think anyway Although that wouldn't be me, you'd see an Ed-sized cutout through the front door of the house. I'd be running for the hills. That that stuff just freaks me out. So anyway, after all of that starts happening, that night things ramp up a little bit. A little Robbie sitting in his room has this really gnarled, spooky-looking tree outside his window. And uh, it reaches in through his window, tries to grab him out of his bed and pull him outside. Uh, The dad, Steve, hears all of this going on runs into Robbie's room to save him. All the while, little Carol Ann, well, there's a portal that opens up in her closet. So the poltergeist takes her to the other side, basically. Takes her to this netherworld that they're in, this limbo, right? Because most of these ghosts are ones that have not crossed over. So something is keeping them there, right? Something is keeping them from eternal life, whatever it is, right? So that's always good when you're a kid watching a movie about a portal opening in your closet. Yeah, really makes you want to have that closet door open at night, doesn't it? (laughs) No thanks, not me. So as the family starts to realize we need to get something figured out here, what the heck's going on, you know, they get the team of parapsychologists from a local university. And that's what you heard at the beginning with the nice little definition of the poltergeists and what it does and how long it could last and how they attach themselves to like one thing, whether it be a house or an item, an object, whatever. So they get that wonderful news, which, hey, anybody would feel great living in that neighborhood after you hear that, right? So 
after all of that, they decide that, well, they're also more than one ghost that is haunting that house, that is tormenting that family. So they decide to send away Dana and Robbie for their safety while they come up with a plan to get Carol Ann back from the beast, right? So enter creepy lady Tangina. She is the one who comes in to exercise the demons from the house, so to speak. Um, she does let them know that these are all spirits that have yet to cross over, you know, and most of them are pretty harmless. She shouldn't have to worry about that, but that they are being controlled by one dark ghost that she nicknames the beast and that he is currently holding Carol Ann to prevent the others, other spirits from crossing over. So it's figured out that the entrance is in Carol Ann's closet and that the exit to this world is actually through their living room. I don't know. Kind of weird. I don't know how that's why that's how they figured that out, why that goes that way, but it is what they figured out. So, and you know, you got to be wondering why this little girl, why Carol Ann, what, what's the deal with these spirits attacking her or latching themselves onto her really. Right. So Tangina does her best to explain that, uh, to the family, you know, Makes sense, doesn't it, right? I mean, a lot of us, even at this age, long for some portion of our childhood, wishing we had the whole innocence of our childhood back, right? Um, wasn't it great when you didn't have to worry about bills? You didn't have to worry about putting food on the table? You let your parents do that. <laughs> you know, you didn't have to worry about your own child's safety or anything like that because, well, you were too young to have to worry about any of that stuff. So adulting creeps in and now you've got all this other stuff weighing on you. You got the weight of the universe on you, right? Well, here these spirits were longing for that innocence, that feeling of joy that most kids have, right? So that's why they were attaching themselves to Carol Ann. And on top of that, in the novelization of the movie, it was more explained, um, as it said in, also later in the movie, that it's built on an old ancient burial ground. The whole development is. But it's explained to the family, don't worry, we moved all the bodies, we moved all the graves, everything's good, right? Well, more on that part later. That didn't really happen. But anyway, so you got all these spirits, and what do they cling to? This life. The life that Carol Ann has, the brightness that she has, everything. Just all that innocence, all that joy of living that's what they're latching on to because they haven't crossed over. So they're trying to find the best thing that they can to experience a joy. And it would be the spirit of this girl, Carol Ann, that they're trying to latch on to. So anyways, as all of that gets put out in the open, they decide, okay, how are we going to get Carol Ann back? Well, we're going to tie a rope around mom. So they get Diane, tie a rope around her waist, send her into the portal. And of course, everybody's holding on to the rope while she goes in there. 
and she is to grab Carol Ann from the beast, get Carol Ann back from going into the light, right? Crossing over to the other side. Because if that happens, they ain't ever getting Carol Ann back. So after a whole lot of screaming and shouting and all kinds of stuff being shouted, mother and daughter are reunited and they fall through the living room ceiling covered in all kinds of ectoplasmic goo and all that wonderful stuff. And then, uh, so everything seems fine. The house seems like it's, oh gosh, gone back to normal. Nobody feels that heaviness, that ugliness, right? And uh, Tangina comes in and just lets everybody know that everything's fine. Oh, yay. Woohoo! Back to a normal life, right? Oh, little Tangina told us everything's good. Okay, good deal. Now we can get back to living our wonderful California life, right? Wrong. Dad decides, well, forget this. I'm done with this job, done with this company. They moved me to this area, and my house is torn to bits. My family is torn to shreds here. We're not happy. Not good, right? So he decides he's going to go down to the office, tell his boss he's done. He quits. He's loading up his family and moving on to a better place. So while he goes to do that, well, the beast isn't gone. The house is not clean. Tangina was wrong. The family starts to get attacked. Mom, Diane, gets thrust against a wall, lifted up off the ground. You don't even see the, the spirit doing this. You see her doing this, but you don't see anything actually physically grabbing her. And poor little Robbie is in his bedroom with this wonderful, happy, shiny-looking clown doll. Yeah, screw that. That doll is just sadistic. Attacks him, tries dragging him under his bed, <laughs> which I think a lot of kids is maybe one of the reasons why they don't like clowns. Um, anyways, dad comes home just in time to catch all of this happening, right? Mom gets thrown out into the backyard where there's this beautiful pool. Well, that goes away. And instead, she starts getting corpses popping up through the ground all around her, skeletons and everything else, right? And, <clears throat> excuse me. So, after all that, after all these bodies start rising from the grave, she gets out of the pool, right? Craig T. Nelson comes in there and saves her from the pool, saves Robbie from this clown doll that's trying to murder him, right? Um, they finally get told by his boss who shows up here to try to talk Steve into staying that, okay, we didn't move any of the bodies. We only moved the headstones. So all the graves were still here. We had to hurry up and get this development built money. We were going to lose money, all of this. So there you go. Money is the root of all evil, right? Um, that wasn't the message there really, but Hey, take it, take it how you want. So after a screaming match ensues and he realizes his family almost died because of this job and this relocation, loads up everything he can in the car and the family starts to drive away. Well, just as that happens, the house gets swallowed up into the portal. The whole neighborhood's out there because all kinds of creepy stuff's going on and they're trying to figure out what's going on. So they see this house just completely get sucked into this portal and it's gone now. Rest assured, a lot of people moved out of that neighborhood. I'm sure the real estate uh, values went down. As well. Yeah. Nobody wants to live in a haunted neighborhood. So one of the big rumors surrounding that movie and especially that final scene with those corpses, um, Joe Beth Williams, the actress who played the role of Diane, is the one who has put this out there. Um, it has never been commented on by Steven Spielberg. 
But the rumor was they used real corpses, real, you know, like medical. What's the word I'm thinking of here? Anyway, corpses that they would use in medical class, stuff like that. Skeletons that they would study rather than waiting for the prop department to create these for the movie. It was cheaper, more budget friendly to just use cadavers from the medical department of the local university. Nobody has ever commented on the validity of that rumor. Uh, Joe Beth Williams is the one who keeps that rumor going. So who knows? Um, it could just be to add to the whole thing, the whole mystique of the movie. Uh, there's also been rumors that the movie itself is haunted. The whole trilogy is cursed. That's what I mean, cursed, not haunted. A um, couple of the actors here, Dominique Dunn, if you remember any of this, uh, was killed. Her boyfriend and her broke up. He followed her to her house to talk her into taking him back, right? Don't leave me, don't leave me, don't leave me. She says no. Basically, you know, get out of here, whatever, it's over. He chokes her to death on her driveway, leaves her for dead. And Heather O'Rourke, who played Carol Ann so greatly in two and a half of the three movies, uh, partway through filming the third one, had to get rushed to the hospital for uh, bowel obstruction surgery because uh, the year before she was misdiagnosed for Crohn's disease. They didn't. They told her she didn't have Crohn's disease, right? Well, she had a bowel obstruction. They went in there to do some surgery, and she died on the operating table. And then in the second one, <clears throat> there was this priest, really creepy priest. Priest can be creepy anyway, but this one, and this guy did a great job creeping me out with this one. Um, shortly after he got done filming his part, he died. Um, supposedly, it was unexpectedly, but he did have stomach cancer. Uh, so he died as well. And there was a guy who played an Indian shaman in, um, I believe it was in the second movie. He passed away as well uh, shortly after his part in the movie was done. And in the third one, um, Craig T. Nelson was not in the third movie. Instead, they had Tom Skerritt and another actress playing, I don't know if it was an aunt and uncle. I can't remember exactly. I'd only seen each of the sequels once. Uh, the first one just terrified me all to heck, but I had to see what they were going to do with the story. So, of course, I watched the rest of them. And um, something happened. They all got pretty ill making the third movie, and a lot of stuff started breaking on the set. And at one point, there was no heating on set, so everything had frozen over, and people were getting pretty ill with the flu and everything like that. Um, so they've never made it another one in that series of three uh they did do a remake um in the 2000s i can't remember how many years ago might have only been a couple years ago um didn't bother to see it i think actually i might 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 have seen five minutes of it but one of my friends who absolutely loves horror movies actually as much as i do i love horror movies but this one still just creeps me out to this day so i really don't like to watch it um said the remake was hot garbage so which i believe i mean just Leave them alone. Leave the regular movies alone. Leave the original movies alone. We don't need 10,000 remakes. Come up with something different. Have some creativity for God's sakes. So growing up, my siblings would always mess with me about this stuff. I mean, it didn't take much. This movie terrified me. So they all they'd have to do is say, 
poltergeist, you know, just say it like that. Eh, nope. I'd be screaming at him to stop, you know, knock it off. I, God, I think, I don't know if it was my sister or my brothers, but one of them might've been my sister. I don't know. We like to torment each other a little bit. She even, and I could be misremembering this, like I said, bent some of the silverware, um, which I'm sure my parents loved. But anyway, um, because of course that's what happened in the movie. So they would do that to try and prove that poltergeist is real, right? They would do all kinds of stuff. And, uh, but a lot of it was really just saying poltergeist and it would just freak me out. Um, sometimes my sister would say they're here, you know, cause that would creep me out too. So anyways, um, yeah, it was good times. Uh, I would always tell them not real, not real, not real. Well, one time my uh, uncle was visiting and my aunt and my uncle took out this really large dictionary that we had and looked up the definition of poltergeist and decided to read it to me. I'll spare you the definition, but anyway, read it to me to prove, Hey, it's in the dictionary. It's real. So stop saying it's not real. It's real. So that only terrified me some more. So yeehaw, good times. And I'm not going to lie to you, uh, to this day, here I am 42 and I still have nightmares about this every once in a while. I actually had one uh, not too long ago. Um, let me see. What was trying to remember all of it? Um, my family and I, my wife, kids, my parents, my siblings, we are all living under the same roof again at our current ages that we are right now. And we were looking for a new house, me and my family, my wife and kids. And my brother was a realtor in the stream trying to sell me this house. And he gets to the point where he has to say, well, I better tell you, you know, this, this house has been rumored to be haunted. Like, nope, nope, shut up. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. Right. And through all of that, I'm yelling at everybody. Nope. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. My aunt comes out of the room, you know, in my dream. And even as I'm having this dream, you know, it's one of those dreams where you're going, well, this is weird to yourself in the dream. You know, she comes out and decides that she has to read to me all these testimonials of this haunted house. And I'm telling her to stop. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, just as soon as she starts to talk, her mouth gets wide open and turns like jet black. And these god-awful sounds start coming out of her mouth. And I guess it was at that point I screamed bloody murder into my pillow. Um, Woke my wife up from a dead sleep. Said she'd never heard a sound like that come out of me before. So that was crazy. Uh, So I woke up, explained the entire dream to her, and tried to go back to sleep. And you know, when it's a good dream, and you're like, oh man, I just want to get right back to that point of the dream. This is a time when I'm laying there in bed going, oh my God, if I fall asleep, I hope I don't start that dream right back up again. (laughs) So kudos to those who made the movie, because uh, all these years later, I still can't watch it. Uh, Talking about it is okay. That's one thing. Um, Kind of acts as a little bit of therapy for me, I guess. I don't know. Weird. But that movie just still to this day bothers me. I know I've said it a billion times during this, but it does. It does. It's just, it's one of those creepy movies. I mean, I love scary movies. I love Halloween, the Friday, the 13th, some of the nightmare on Elm street. Some of them are just a little too corny. Um, but yeah, anytime I can get a really good thriller movie and watch it, I love it. 
you know, people say, why do you like those movies? I don't know. It's good to be scared every now and then. You know, I always tell them, it lets you know you're alive still, <laughs> you know, and you're not just trudging through the day. It's good to be scared. You know, I like that. But to be terrified like I was with Poltergeist, nah, I don't need that anymore in my life. Um, great movie, though, uh, even though it still terrifies me. And that just lets you know how great that that is. Here I am all these years later talking about how bad it was, uh, how bad I had it after watching that movie. Anyways, um, I like to do more topics about movies on here, more talks. So if you have any movies you'd like me to discuss or that you would like to discuss with me, um, I'd love to have you as a guest on here. Just let me know in the comments on Facebook or you could uh, private message me on the Backwind podcast page and I will answer you back as soon as I can. Um, I'm pretty quick about getting back with people, so shouldn't take too long. But let me know, and please join in with your memories about this movie as well on the page. I would love to hear from you guys. And uh, on that note, we're just going to end it right here on uh, <laughs> Poltergeist. So you guys have a fantastic day, and thank you again for listening. I truly appreciate it. Stay safe. Stay healthy out there. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>